0: Well, it is Palm Sunday. It's the end of Lent, the beginning of Holy Week. Uh, And this service, as I mentioned earlier, is a bit longer uh, because it's actually two services in one. Due to the fact that many of us uh, have real jobs, unlike me, just kidding, Um, you can't get off work on Friday. That's all the time to celebrate Good Friday. So the church came up with the idea of, let's combine the celebration of the Palms on Palm Sunday with the Passion. And we remember when he rode in triumphantly into Jerusalem at the beginning of the week. And then we remember his tortured climb up to Calvary and the cross where he was crucified at the end of the week. And as a result, I think it is actually one of the most poignant Sundays of the year. Uh, because we feel the stark contrast of that week. We feel the full weight of the tragedy 2,000 years ago. And we see our reflection. We were all reading those accusing parts in that story. We see our reflection in the mirror of the crowd where in one breath we praise him singing, uh, he is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And the next, we shout, crucify him. There's really no wiggle room on Palm Sunday. It is a painfully descriptive diagnosis for us as humans. And it reminds me of uh, the lyrics from a song entitled You Knew, by one of my favorite bands, Waterdeep. If you haven't already bought Waterdeep stuff, go get it, because I love them and I'm going to continue to quote them to you, so at least you'll know what I'm saying. But uh, this song is entitled You Knew, and uh, the lyric goes like this. In a crazy haze, in a purple robe, I walk amazed, king of the strobe. Flashing and unfaithful, I'm hardly light at all, tripping and ungraceful. I was born into the fall. King of the strobe. It's such a perfect picture of us. At our very best, we're like strobe lights, you know, flashing and unfaithful, hardly light at all. One minute, depending on Jesus, praising his name, and depending on his grace. And the next, saying, I don't need your help. Thank you very much. You know, I've got this. I'll do this on my own. We see how fast we flip, how quickly we betray. We see how very changeable we are in these passages today. And if you think that I'm jumping the gun here too quickly, you know, and lumping you in with all of the people in the crowds, uh, you know, if you think somehow you would have behaved very differently from everybody that day, including Jesus's closest friends, and family, let me just say you're wrong. Sorry, you're wrong. We would all be in that boat. We would be in the same boat as them. You know, we're we're like uh, if you remember the movie Up uh, from Pixar. We're like the dogs. You remember that cartoon? The dogs in that movie are faithful to the task until they think they see a squirrel, and then they're immediately distracted. Right? That's like us. You know? Yeah, we're gonna go get this guy squirrel. Yeah flashing and unfaithful. We change. We change all the time. And it's against this backdrop of uh, our human behavior, writ large, that we see our opposite. We see steadiness. We see faithfulness. We see determination. We see unchanging love and devotion. We see Jesus. And I'm going to focus on him. As I should. Uh, in our first passage in Luke 19, at the, palm, at the beginning of the Palms, we hear Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and he knows full well what's coming. He knows what's coming. He knows what the week's going to bring. He knows what this action of riding into Jerusalem uh, would actually mean. He knew it was going to mark the beginning of one of the most lonely and painful moments, ever. And at the same time, he knows that this is exactly why he came. He came for this. He takes every step necessary to fulfill God's plan for you and for me. It's an amazing thing about this week. We see the love of God and Jesus Christ clearer here than anywhere else. If every, anybody ever asks you, you know, or if you find yourself wondering, you know, how do you know God loves you? Or how do you know God is good? Or how do you know you're forgiven? Take them straight to this week. Go yourself straight back to this week, because this is it. Holy Week is our testimony as Christians. Jesus rides into Jerusalem. And he doesn't just pick anything to ride in on. He rides in on an unridden colt, a young male donkey. And might sound like a strange detail to you. Every single one of the gospel writers includes it. What does that even mean? Why a donkey? Why not a horse? Has anybody ever here ever ridden a donkey? They're not that comfortable. You know, what was he thinking? Well, it's just dripping with symbolism here and meaning When a king would ride into a foreign city or a foreign land uh, that he intended to conquer or intended to go to war with, he would ride a horse because a horse was known as an animal of war. But when a king would come in peace to a land or a city, he would ride on a donkey because a donkey was the symbol of peace for them. And the fact that it was unwritten tells us that this donkey, they're building up to Passover. Passover is the next week. This donkey had been saved for sacrifice. They had to keep the animals pure, so it was never used, so that it might be a pure sacrifice to God to atone for their sins. So this donkey had been reserved for that. And Jesus said, The Lord has need of it. He was going to be the one who would be the sacrifice. He would be the sacrificial lamb. So he rides in to Jerusalem as the prince of peace. As the sacrificial lamb, he rides in to us who had become enemies of God. But he doesn't come to destroy or to conquer. He comes to save. And even though the crowds praised him and honored him and sang about him, Jesus knows that in just a few days they'll be against him once again. And he has to come make peace. We know that he is aware of all this because of that Thursday night, just a couple days later at the Lord's Supper, the first communion. Jesus tells his disciples, his beloved friends, that every single one of them would fall away. He tells one of them that he's going to go betray him right now and pay, get paid to hand him over to the authorities he tells Peter after Peter hears this Peter says no 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 I'll never betray you Lord and Jesus tells him the exact details then of how he would go about denying him Jesus knew full well as he was riding in on Palm Sunday what he was riding towards and yet he still comes to give us peace Never do we hear any bitterness from him. We never hear any harshness from Jesus towards his disciples or towards the crowds or even his judges. He has compassion on all of them because they were all the people that he came to save. These are the people that he loves. So if we're described by Waterdeep's uh, strobe light, you know, uh, if our love changes in a flash... Then Jesus is described by uh, the Lumineers, of course. It's another band, for those of you who don't know. Uh, He's described by Stubborn Love, their song Stubborn Love. And the lyric goes like this. She'll lie and steal and cheat and beg you from her knees. She'll make you think she means it this time. She'll tear a hole in you, the one you can't repair. But I still love her. I don't really care. So keep your head up, keep your love. Keep your head up, my love. Jesus has that stubborn love for us. Stubborn love that never changes, never gives up. It's what drives him. His stubborn and wild love for us is what drives him into this week. On Good Friday, when the echoes of Hosanna have faded When after one of his best friends has actually betrayed him for some silver and when he'd been hauled before the authorities, falsely accused, and nobody comes to his defense. As the passage says, they stood back and watched from a distance. Nobody stood with him. His love and compassion for us is the thing that compels him to stand. He stands there and he stands there silently. He takes it. He took it all. Blow after blow, he took it. He never objected. He never resisted. He took the worst that we could dish out. And he remained the same. He didn't change. And his love didn't change for us. Instead, his love is the thing that dragged him on as he was beaten and bleeding. As he went up that mountain and as he crawled onto the cross, it was his love for us that held him there. We hear it explicitly from the cross. While he's being berated and mocked as he hangs there, Luke records Jesus saying the most amazing thing. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He gives words to his actions. He asks for our forgiveness from the cross, right there. And I spent that time at the beginning talking about our changing and unfaithful uh, devotion and love because I wanted it to be so clear that we do nothing to deserve what we get from God in Jesus. He doesn't say, forgive them because I know they're really trying hard. You know? He doesn't say, oh... You know, forgive them, Lord, because uh, they mean well. Or deep down inside they've got good hearts. It's a favorite southern thing, you know, bless your heart. He didn't say that. He didn't say, "Oh, you know, I can tell you guys are really sorry for doing this, and so, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to do this for you anyway. I know that you're you're want you're wanting to ask for forgiveness." He doesn't say any of that. He goes to the cross in the face of our complete rejection. And he knows that we're doing it out of our complete ignorance and in our sin. We don't know who he is. But it's in the face of all of this where we actually would rather have some known criminal be set free than the Lord of all creation. It's in the face of this that he gives himself up for us and he defends us. That's the whole point of what he's doing. That's why he says, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing, because he is our defender. This is the moment where he is defending us from our sin. He says, I still love you. I don't really care. I don't care what you do to me, because I came for you. I love you, and I'm going to save you. So as I said, we don't get a clearer picture of God's love for us anywhere else. This is his stubborn and unchanging love. And it's exactly the same today for you. His love for us, it still has not changed. And it will not change. That's the promise. He still stands for you right now, no matter what. No matter what you are doing. And no matter what you are not doing. He still intercedes for you, as he did on the cross. John says to us, John, who was witnessing all of this, says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And Paul says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Jesus' love for us stands unchanged, unconditional, and eternal. And it is a gift for you and for me. It's a gift. It's yours. There's nothing about you that he does not know. He has already taken all of it on that day. There's no big, nothing so big or so dark or so bad about you that he hasn't already paid the price for. That's the truth. He has already forgiven it. He loves you, and that will never change. So bring all of it to him today. Let go of it. Bring it to him, to the cross, where it's all been paid for, where it's all covered, and believe that he has forgiven you. As Paul says, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. And he says to you, This week, this holy week, keep your head up, my love. I still love you. I don't really care. Keep your head up. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for what you did for us. We thank you that you have forgiven us, Lord. That you've done everything necessary so that we might receive this free Forgiveness, free for us and costly for you. We love you, Lord. We ask that you keep this firmly fixed in our hearts and our minds this week. We pray, God, that whatever we're carrying and whatever we're holding on to and thinking uh, is, you know, surely disqualifying us, I pray, God, that you would show us that you have already dealt with it, that we are set free. I pray, God, that you would take it from us. We ask that you would use us to share this good news with the people in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.